Hi, and welcome to the Post-Acute Point of View, our discussion hub for healthcare technology in the out-of-hospital space. Here we talk about the latest news and views on trends and innovation that can impact the way post-acute care providers work. And we take a look at how technology can make a difference in today's changing healthcare landscape in both home-based and facility-based care organizations and the lives of the people they serve. Today we hear from Kevin Whitehurst, Senior Vice President of Skilled Nursing Solutions for Matrix Care and his special guest. Let's dive in. Hi and welcome. I'm Kevin Whitehurst, Senior Vice President of Skilled Nursing Solutions. With a new look and a new name, our podcast, The Post-Acute Point of View, will keep you informed of the latest trends and solutions through powerful conversations with post-acute providers and industry experts. We have always been centered around the provider, and we're proud that the name now reflects that. Be sure to subscribe to Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you can be notified of the new episodes. Thank you for joining. We're talking about COVID-19 infection tracking today. So I'd like to introduce you to Amy Ostrom, our Vice President of Skilled Nursing Solutions Strategy at Matrix Care. So Amy, why don't you begin by telling our audience your origin story? Can you tell us a little bit about your journey and what led you to become the Vice President of Skilled Nursing Solutions Strategy at Matrix Care? Sure, Kevin. Thanks. I originally came to Matrix Care from working in the industry where I was focused primarily on revenue cycle management. Matrix Care really allowed me to open up my passion and influence for the entire country and really all areas of long-term care that an electronic health record and technology influence. So after working for several years focused on educating our clients and building value and quality in then from a R&D or development perspective, it became totally evident that my favorite part is working closer with our clients, with industry experts, and being able to influence the industry in a larger way. So I have a ton of passion for this industry, and a lot of it comes from caring for our seniors and for all of you, the people who serve them. I'm completely energized by the passion and care that comes from all of you in the industry, and where, like Matrix Care and myself, care runs deep. So there you go, Kevin. That's the story. That's that's awesome. (laughs) I mean, even more than here ever um, we need people like you supporting the industry and, and, and in every way we all have our our role with um, improving the quality of life so you know with COVID-19 continuing to be a forefront for the world population health and most importantly its impact and risk regarding the senior population can you speak to the topic of infection tracking in skilled nursing facilities what are you seeing as far as infection tracking with and without technology Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've witnessed a variety of different ways infections are documented and tracked in various facilities. So first, I'll speak a little bit to without technology. So I've really seen that spreadsheets continue to be the ultimate end goal for the infection preventionist to use and to do their analysis and then be able to submit their reporting. I have seen amazing spreadsheets created from various sources, um, such as the paper 
paper chart, paper Mars, and infection logs. So really anything that infection preventionists can get their hands on as far as charts and documentation that's available. But with technology, you know, just to change the story, it's much more efficient. So I've found that some facilities use a software that's separate from their EHR for infection tracking, and this allows them some additional built-in analysis in addition to assisting them with root cause analysis and contact tracing and even trending. Another flavor that I've seen is utilizing an infection tracking ability right within an electronic health record. So the additional benefits that this brings, so beyond the root cause analysis and contact tracing and tracking and trending, are more real-time or immediate updates and consolidated views along with a wider variety of data integration. So typically more clinical documentation, there are typically vitals integrated in orders such as antibiotics, diagnoses, point of care responses, and a direct link to various areas of the resident's chart for more details as folks are performing their analysis. So having a resident's signs and symptoms, their testing results, treatments, and precautions always available as you perform infection analysis can be just a major value add. Some folks say that this route can be more cost-effective for a facility because the cost for the feature is typically built into your overall cost for an electronic health record, or it's included. So it's really also one less vendor to coordinate and partner with. Oh, that's a huge advantage, um, Amy. Thank you for the explanation, because especially when it comes to cost, with everything that we're hearing from our skilled nursing providers, with all of the additional expenses that they incurred because of the crisis. So I can see how technology would definitely benefit since there's so many pieces of a residence chart and they're required to do a full analysis of these infections across the skilled nursing organization. And the residents' changes in conditions can occur so quickly, such as with COVID-19. One thing with COVID-19 is that it seems to be challenging for folks in skilled nursing facilities to be even more proactive in managing the resident risk. Do you have any suggestions for things to look for or research to better track COVID severity risk? Yeah, I do have a few suggestions, and that's a very good question because there is no published standard COVID-19 algorithm to really measure risk that's available out there. So some of the research that you can do that you know I would really suggest where you can find information on contributing factors can be found from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, or the CDC. The Department of Human Services is another example, the World Health Organization, and then I'm sure everyone normally is signed up for different links and listservs that are out there, but there are so many white papers out there on the topic that you can track down from reliable and expert resources. So you can really utilize all of these types of resources and then look at these across your whole demographic and clinical data, maybe even going back six months in your facility regarding all of your residents. Use all that research, put all this history together, and form your own basic algorithm that will work for your organization. So what you're doing with this is coming up with even better a score 
to really help you to identify that risk factor and to identify the key contributing factors so that your analysis and your interpretations can be used as a set baseline as you begin to build and trend for residents and your organization going forward over time. So starting basic, we've learned some of the residents' demographics, such as their age, for example, being 85 or older, their mm -hmm. ethnicity, their whether they have heart disease, pulmonary disease, all of these play heavily into the risk for COVID. So you can take those as some of your identifiers for initial baseline and then build on more, including information around diagnoses. So then you might build in diagnoses like cancer or chronic kidney disease, COPD, and other heart conditions. From there, you might take a look at signs and symptoms and lab or test results or even results from radiology. All of this can begin to build that data and an algorithm that your organization can then have quick access to. You might even build in usage patterns like orders around your antibiotic usage. Over time, you'll be able to improve this algorithm and how your organization is learning more and identifying COVID severity risk levels, and then these scores can become more standardized and potentially ultimately drive your process improvement and your proactive quality of care and intervention. So you can identify these areas to further improve or change what you're doing both during admission and following the admission process. Wow, that's very intriguing, Amy. You know, when I look at this and I see how far we've come in post-acute care, especially when it comes to the level of sophistication to really, you know, improve the overall quality of care and the data elements you described and, you know, being able to have the ability to really define your own algorithms to figure out what is the best way to prevent the spread of COVID in your facility is, is just awesome. So thank you so much for sharing your thoughts around that. I really like the suggestion on having a more standardized approach or a score that's associated with the COVID severity risk, in addition to just looking across at all of the clinical documentation. Do you have any hints for our listeners on once they do get their COVID severity risk scores and they're tracking down pack, what are some of the best practices on where and how to use this information? Oh, yes, of course. So once you've identified and standardized the contributing factors and scores that will work for your organization and how you're tracking this data, I've got some suggestions for, yeah, how to use that for skilled nursing providers. So just here's a couple recommended best practices. So number one, I always want to influence our clients to be able to focus on being more proactive. So looking at the severity risk and taking action before a resident actually would be in a situation where they are exposed and do come down with COVID-19. Another one is working with infection preventionists for their analysis and their expertise and guidance as they look at the data. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of our clients and different customers in the industry have their morning meetings. So 
This is information that you can definitely use at morning meetings to discuss overall risk with residents for COVID and any recent changes. Another great thing as everyone is now influenced by the Quality Assurance Performance Improvement or QAPI is having this information available at those meetings where you're discussing different risk data and how you're going to continue to improve outcomes. Another suggestion is using the information to really determine if isolation is needed for a particular particular resident or unit. So as you watch those trends and those scores go up, watch if it's around a particular specific resident or if it's growing across a physical location within a facility. And then we talked about a little bit about admissions, but for screening and placement of newly admitted residents in a building and then for cohorting like residents, it can be really powerful information to pair uh, like residents together. And then also even monitoring changes with a specific resident as those scores go go up or down. They might only go slightly up or down, but being able to monitor that and trend that is fantastic information that you can then act on proactively. Using the COVID risk data to guide clinicians to then proactively add appropriate care plan interventions. So maybe they're going to do more vitals uh, per shift. Maybe they'll have some more care planning around isolation precautions or therapy needs. Maybe some new tests will need to be ordered or medication care plans. All of these, your clinical experts can proactively monitor and then care plan for. And then finally, to trend your COVID severity risks over time. You know, it's it's going to be so interesting as we move forward. If you have this data that you're tracking month over month, week over week, and you can really look back over time and understand those trends and severity risks and the different impacts and ways that you change that trend month over month, week over week, and what you did. So much learning is going to take place and already is taking place for that matter with COVID. And all of these you for risks that I've pointed out and different ways to use the data. This is just the beginning. All of you out there are experts in interdisciplinary and your professional teams and leaders out there, I'm sure can think of many more. So I definitely encourage you to keep all of your ideas going around monitoring and trending and really influencing with positive outcomes. Those are excellent best practice tips, um, Amy. Thank you so much for sharing those suggestions. And I was also wondering if we could switch back to the technology influence as we wrap this up. With the key infection topics and infection tracking efficiencies, the suggestions on research and ways to build on and track risk and best practices and using all the valuable data, could you share briefly what is available in Matrix here today from a technology perspective to support all of those topics? Yes, certainly. So here at Matrix Care, we have a few newer features that we've really fast-tracked as a result of COVID-19 and where the industry is going. So here's a few that really speak to this podcast presentation today. Matrix Care has a built-in infection tracker capability. It automatically brings together clinical documentation, resident demographics, orders, and medications such as we talked about antibiotic orders, and then other infection information, such as signs and symptoms, 
testing, treatments, and precautions. And it's all integrated for our clients automatically in one central location for further analysis. The key to all this data and this technology feature is that it's consolidated and it's real-time, meaning any updates or additions that our clinicians or our full interdisciplinary team makes are instantly made available to the infection tracker capability. Another example is the Matrix Care COVID-19 Severity Risk Dashboard. This is a major matrix care differentiator. It identifies each resident's risk level for COVID-19 in user-friendly views that staff can quickly act on and be proactive with. Your team with that severity risk dashboard gets an at-a-glance, real-time look at a number associated with a resident's severity risk. We have gone through research over research. We've involved clinicians from the industry, clinicians from our team here at Matrix Care to develop this predictive model and the algorithm. And it takes in over 60 different data elements and areas of Matrix Care and combines them together into this COVID severity risk dashboard. That's awesome. Yeah, and then beyond that, I'll mention one other feature. It's our Matrix Care My Analytics tool. The analytics solution is key to quality assurance because it gives an organization-wide look at infection diagnosis trends. And from there, you can drill down into facilities, into time ranges, into residents, and more. Uh, there's statistics around the numbers and the percentages of residents with infections, uh, information on statistics on infection rates, and on residents with anti-infectives. There's also a breakdown of infection diagnoses, so you can spot trends over time uh, in cases, for example, of upper respiratory infections and also influenza. Our clients especially appreciate the presentation of the data from this My Analytics tool because it's user-friendly. It's got charts and colors and statistics. It's really easy to change the parameters and drill down or focus on specific regions or date ranges. So, you know, it, it's proven to be a really effective tool that, again, is organization-wide from an analytics perspective. Wow, that's um, a lot of really valuable information. So for our audience out there, there you have it. There's um, so many effective ways to improve your quality of care. And we just want to thank you all for joining us for this post-acute point of view. And stay tuned for more uh, podcasts from Matrix here. Thank you for joining and thank you so much, Amy. Oh, you're welcome, Kevin. Thanks. That concludes the latest episode of the Post-Acute Point of View from Matrix Care. We have a lot of guests and topics coming up that you won't want to miss, so be sure to subscribe. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, and if you have a topic you'd like us to discuss, leave us a review. To learn more about Matrix Care and our solutions and services, visit matrixcare.com. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you for listening. Be well, and we'll see you next time.